come to me I hear a sound busy like traffic Headed out of this town You seem to bring Hello listeners, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Sabelle Kaler and this is Office Hours, the show where I bring you interesting topics in science, the humanities, social science, and arts, all from researchers here at the University of California, Irvine. Today we have a very timely topic. Um, We have public health graduate student Alvaro Savayo here to talk about the coronavirus. Alvaro, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, I feel like this is a really important topic that we need to update our listeners on. So um, we have you here to talk about the coronavirus, um, which listeners may be familiar with, has recently cropped up in the news as a new strain. Um, What exactly is the coronavirus? Well, um... Coronaviruses um, come from a family called uh, coronaviridae, uh, which basically have uh, envelope positive sense. Uh, those traits that I just mentioned are basically uh, involved in how the the virus enters our body and reproduces. These coronaviruses can be further categorized in four subgroups: uh, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. And um, they ha- they can infect a wide variety of animals. However, so far it is known that only the alpha and beta subgroups infect humans. What we're dealing right now, uh, it's a novel virus. That means it's a new strain that so far is known to be from the beta subgroup. Um, and it's affecting animals as well as humans. Wow. Do you know what animal this strain came from? Um... There's been two reports so far um, that indicate that this virus could have potentially come from um, recombination of a coronavirus that affects bats. However, the other animal is still unknown. And also the genomic um, analysis that has been done on this virus indicate that the potential animal reservoir, that is the animal that technically... um, the virus came from are snakes. Wow. Um, and so what what exactly is the current situation as far as the outbreak? Well, um, current situation is that uh, we're dealing with a virus that is rapidly spreading because our immune system doesn't have any defenses about uh, against it. That means that um, the virus has an easy entrance to our bodies, can easily reproduce, and spread rapidly. Mortality-wise, uh, we're still unsure um, how it can affect the body. Um, there are uh, certain symptoms that patients present. Some are more severe than others, but um, the, more, the current mortality rate is 3%. So it compared to previous uh, coronavirus outbreaks, such as the SARS uh, coronavirus, which had a mortality rate of 10%, we're not dealing with uh, a, a virus that is relatively lethal to us, but it is rapidly spreading. Right. Um, and in the 3%, is that in China? 
Right, considering that um, so far we have more than uh, 4,500 cases and um, around 100-something fatalities, which makes a total approximate of 3% uh, mortality rate. Wow. Um, and what do you think makes the coronavirus so dangerous? Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because it's a new virus, our immunity system, our immune system is not familiar with it. So the virus can easily enter the body, enter our cells, rapidly reproduce, and uh, spread through symptoms such as coughing, sneezing, and um, like getting to new hosts. So um, let's say the virus was or was already known by our immune system. The like transmission would be slower. Um, another thing that we should be concerned about is that this virus can potentially be uh, spread during the prodromal period. That means during the incubation incubation period where the patient gets infected and um, develops the symptoms. So it's can potentially become harder to target infected people. Then another thing that makes this virus particularly dangerous is that it has a protein code. That means that uh, it has additional protection when it's um, when it's on the external environment, which make which makes it capable of having a survival of approximately up to five days. Wow! So it could potentially infect outside surfaces and spread that way right so that's why we have to be careful with uh any kind of uh surface we interact with and also um yeah constantly clean surfaces and um any kind of like public place that where people usually uh are in um are in constant uh, like heavily trafficked places. Right, heavily trafficked places where, um, you know, things like, for example, the bus can carry the disease, uh, sorry, carry the pathogen for a good amount of time. Right. And so it's very concerning because we don't know exactly how it is spread between people. Um, so far, um, it is known that it's uh, zoonotic. That means that it is spread from animal to people. And because some of the cases have not reported interacting with animals, we know it's spread from human to humans. Exactly how it is not known, like I uh, like mentioned earlier, it can be during the um, incubation period. Uh, but the most probable uh, transmission uh, methods can be through droplets, which is um, like any... Um, substance that we produce when coughing or sneezing um any kind of like um, surface that has been touched by anyone infected um and those would be the main ones right why do you think the coronavirus might vary so much in how it presents symptom wise in different patients um that would be because um of comorbidity um a couple of cases, a good, a group, um, a good part of the cases had um, underlying conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, uh, cardiovascular disease. This means that their immune system was already compromised, and because of that, um, they presented more severe symptoms. If you, um, if we go through the symptoms, which are 
fever, cough, uh, muscular pain, um, sputum production, headache, coughing up blood, diarrhea, and difficulty breathing. Um, these are symptoms that mainly affect the respiratory tract, or it can end up also leading to affect um, the digestive tract. That is because coronavirus specifically uh, aims to the epithelial cells within the body. So um, the, variety of symptom, the variety of symptoms still fall within uh, a specific target a uh, specific type of cells that are targeted. It's just that because some patients had weaker immune systems, um, they are more prone to develop more severe um, symptoms. And however, there was a recent report that um, a patient on his 30s just died from um, acute uh, respiratory distress syndrome, and he didn't have any underlying conditions. But my assumption can be because of genetic variability on the immune response towards this new virus. Because there has also been cases, uh, yesterday it was reported that uh, two patients, one in uh, Vietnam and the other one on India, are recovering from uh, the coronavirus. And the one on India um, had very severe symptoms, regardless of that, is still recovering from the disease. And the other one, uh, even though uh, the patient didn't have severe symptoms, is currently undergoing recovery. Wow. Um, and so if it's in India and Vietnam, um, it could rapidly spread to other countries as well? Uh, it depends on how um, the prevention measures that each country take um, with respect to the, these kind of outbreaks. Um, so far, whenever there has been a case, um, it is quickly isolated um, and put into quarantine in order to like avoid further uh, further spread of a disease. And the only potential uh, individuals that can get infected can be caregivers, which right. is why they have to uh, have very rigorous uh, preventive measures to protect themselves from getting the disease. Right. Uh, you mentioned that this was related to uh, SARS. Um, so for past viral ep epidemics like this one, um, how how were they stopped and how much dev um, destruction did they cause? Right. Um, so far, the cases that we know about coronavirus are two. Um, they, uh, they start with uh, SARS, which is, stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. It started on 2003 in South Asia. Um, there were around 8,000 cases, 8, cases and almost 800 of them died with giving an uh, approximate of 10% fatality rate. However, this particular strain uh, was not contagious until the symptoms developed. So it was easily um, isolated when people presented uh, inf uh, the disease, and it was just simply stopped that way, isolating all the cases. Then uh, the MERS, or the MERS, which stands for Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, it's a strain that um, started on 2012 uh, on the Middle East. Uh, it's currently still going on, actually. They're still working on a vaccine for it. But um, compared to how rapidly it's spread, um, its transmission has been minimal compared to uh, the incidence rate of the novel coronavirus and the SARS coronavirus. Are there any individuals who might be particularly at risk? 
Uh, yeah, considering the um, current cases that we have, um, the median age is of 49 years. So I would say uh, middle-aged people and the elderly are more at risk of getting uh, infected, particularly those who have uh, pre-existing health conditions. Right. How concerned should we be, um, especially as residents of Orange County? Right. Um, so far, uh, there's only one case, or there's only been one case reported on Orange County, which already has been, uh, it's been treated on a local hospital. Um, the CDC is currently saying that it's not a, cons uh, the threat is not concerning for the United States. Um, and also considering the current geographical distribution, we shouldn't be uh, that much concerned. However, we should not disregard the potential capabilities that this pathogen has to rapidly spread. Um, so I would say we should be not like um, like heavily alarmed about this current outbreak, but we should constantly be following the news about their most more recent reports about um, their um, spread capabilities and their virulence. Right. With um, five cases in the U.S. so far, do you think those will can be isolated by hospitals? Uh. Yeah, so far, um, all these cases are being treated. The CDC has has been very uh, scarce about the information provided about these cases. But as far as we know, they are being held in local hospitals of how are being treated. And under these conditions, the only potential people that can get infected are um, medical staff and caregivers of these uh, patients. But... Um, Again, they follow very rigorous uh, prevention methods to avoid um, getting infected. What measures can listeners take to stay safe? Um, about the prevention methods, um, first of all, um, have good hygiene. Constantly be washing your hands with soap and water for more than 20 seconds, uh, especially if you see your hands are uh, notably dirty. Then um, you should avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth uh, with unwashed hands. Um, then avoid close contact with people that present any cold-like or uh, cold-like symptoms. Um, if you are sick uh, and present any cold-like symptoms, you have to or preferably stay at home and keep track of your symptoms. If you um, sneeze or cough. Cover your, uh, cover your mouth with a tissue uh, and throw it in the trash. This is called uh, catch it, bin it, kill it, which is a method to, instead of like letting your uh, droplets, uh, droplets uh, spread on the environment, you immediately handle them and dispose of the potential pathogens that you have on your droplets to um, kill the virus. Uh, lastly, um, face masks are optional. The CDC has not indicated um, to wear masks mandatorily only if you present any cold-like symptoms or have been diagnosed with the uh, novel coronavirus. Um, and this is because we're dealing with a pathogen that is really small, um, 10, 000, sorry, 1,000 times smaller than um, bacteria. That means they are approximately uh, 100 microns in size. So... Um, 
it is not like a magic face masks are not like magic bullets to prevent uh transmission but they definitely are a plus and also help you from uh prevent touching your nose and mouth um with your hands right so they're not um guaranteed but they could be helpful right uh right uh it's like i said it's optional it's not a must um so yeah um it's just a matter of preference like i know some people uh feel uncomfortable wearing them because they have something in their mouth like i particularly do not like using face masks so i um just have very rigorous hygiene and um i'm very aware of any kind of like surface i'm in contact with right so besides isolating the cases of cdc in hospitals um the cases of the coronavirus in hospitals um what other steps might the cdc take to address the epidemic well right now the cdc is um monitoring illness uh from travelers that come uh come from china uh it's also it has also updated yesterday uh, travel guidance from China recommending that travelers should avoid uh, traveling to the country uh, for any kind of non-essential travel. Then um, it has also developed a diagnosis tool and is getting samples in order to further understand the virus. Um, and it's working along with the NIHA uh, to develop a, vac- a vaccine for the, for the novel coronavirus. Do you think that the scientists will soon be able to create a vaccine for this strain? Um, so far, it has been reported that the first human trials are expected to start in three months. Uh, considering previous outbreaks, for example, for the H1N1 uh, pandemic that occurred in 2009, it took uh, around six months to develop the vaccine. However, we're dealing with a different kind of uh, pathogen. As I mentioned before, uh, there has been no vaccine either for the SARS or the E or the MERS uh, strains. So um, I would uh, assume, or like I would, my guess would be that it would take at least six months in the best case scenario, but it can take even furthermore for a vaccine to become available. However, um, I wouldn't say that a vaccine is like the ultimate uh, preven- um, prevention method or like the best way to deal with uh, with an epidemic because usually antivirals are effective during um, early stages of the virus. For cases that have had the virus or are uh, symptomatic, it might not be effective. And it's that it does not guarantee that um, the spread, uh, it will stop the spread immediately. So um, it's must be, uh, we must combine both um, isolation measures along with working with a vaccine to effectively avoid the spread of the virus. And when once the vaccine is developed, it would definitely help prevent uh, the um, new cases from happening. Right. So once they know that someone has the disease, um, how does the, how would a hospital usually make sure that it isn't uh, spread? Right. Um, so far, because there's no uh, other treatment than supportive treatment, um, the immediate response is isolating the patient and putting it into quarantine to avoid any kind of contact with uh, the public. Then again, um, they provide support system for the individual. That is, 
if the individual is pr uh, presents dehydration, um, they um, give them um, electrolytes. If the patient has respiratory issues, they um, provide oxygen to the patient. So any kind of like complication they have, they have to uh, support the patient in order to like cope with the symptoms um, in, until the symptoms start fading off. So, so far, um, that's the protocol to follow uh, for um, coronavirus, novel coronavirus cases. How might scientists um, work to create this vaccine as it's like rapidly spreading and we don't know very much about it? Uh, right. In order to create a vaccine, um, first you need to know um, where it comes from, the genetic composition of the virus, and find how it works uh, related to known strains. Um, unfortunately, um, because there are no current vaccines of uh, MERS or SARS coronavirus, it's it would, uh, would have to come up with a new way of uh, creating uh, of developing an antiviral. Usually, antivirals what they do is um, prevent uh, the virus from reproducing within the within the host. So they must um, scientists must understand the mechanism how this virus reproduces and like find an effective way of uh, preventing uh, the spread within once it's within the host. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I didn't know that's how certain kinds of vaccines worked. Um, do you think that epidemics like this are more dangerous uh, now in the modern, you know, 2020 as travel increases? Oh, absolutely. Um, now that the world is more interconnected, uh, transmission of viruses or any kind of pathogen, it's, uh, it's more... Uh, can occur more easily, um, particularly for people traveling in and out of countries. Right now, um, we know that most of the cases outside of China have been because uh, um, people that were in Wuhan um, and have traveled outside of the country have infected other people, out, uh, have infected people. So this is the main uh, means of uh, transmission that the pathogen is using to spread. So definitely, the more interconnected the world is, the more um, fat, uh, the more rapidly the virus will spread. And same, like considering that this virus is zoonotic, that means that it's again it's uh, transmitted from animal to persons. Also, like any kind of like um, farm animals or bats or snakes that are uh, transported from one place to another can carry a disease and make uh, transmission easier. Um, how do you think this um, virus did make the jump from animal to human? Were there, um, was it in like a zoo where the snakes and bats were being held? Right. Um, well, in order for a virus or any kind of, well, in case of viruses, in order for them to uh, be able to infect an individual, um, their protein surface must be compatible with the protein uh that lies on the cell membranes of the cells. As long as that requirement is met, the virus can enter the cells and reproduce. So, so far we know that uh, on by the end of December of 2019, um, 
there were pneumonia cases reported in Wuhan uh, that were tracked down to a um, seafood market where um, different kind of uh, animals such as bats, snakes, and foreign animals were sold for consumption. So perhaps within the stock of these animals, um, a genetic recombination occur. So basically two different strains of coronavirus might have entered uh, the, the recipient animal and uh, shared, like to put it in simple words, they, uh, they share genes and develop a new strain, which happen to have a, pro a protein surface compatible with uh, those of human cells, which allow transmission from animal to humans. Right. Um, and as we head into the next decade, are there any other advances or challenges you predict in the field of public health? With respect to advances, um, I would say that every time we'll experience a rapid uh, response and development of prevention and treatment measures for any kind of outbreak. For example, I am particularly surprised uh, of how fast uh, the CDC has responded to this outbreak. As I mentioned, it all started by the end of December of last year, and it's technically been a month, and a vaccine is on its way. And also the genome of this new strain already has been uploaded online. So... Um, there is already a significant understanding of uh, this virus. So for the future, I predict that this response will be even further uh, uh, quicker. Um, however, more challenges um, with respect to these cases would be overpopulation and interconnection that um, facilitates the spread of diseases, unfortunately. So... Um, preventive and isolation measures might have to become more strict. Um, and also another important thing would be the disregard for climate change. Mm -hmm. um, climate change is such an important factor for outbreaks. So, um, for example, um, like if we're talking about zoonotic uh, viruses, uh, climate change can trigger the migration of a certain like uh, species that carries a, a pathogen to different areas of the world, which can further spread the disease. And also um, any other like trigger that um, related to environment um, that can promote mutation of these pathogens. Wow. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, climate change is such a huge problem for the future. I didn't know that it would have um, that effect on public health. In general, how can listeners contribute to uh, staying healthy, helping others stay healthy, and sort of promoting uh, public health in society? Um, my personal advice would be um, the, the basic uh, suggestions to have uh, a good immune system, which is um, eating whole foods that have the macro and micronutrients that your body requires to... Um, remain function functional uh, appropriately functional then um at least 30 minutes of any kind of physical activity that being walking uh working out or any kind of sport and also uh sleeping from seven to eight hours a day and also um ha considering this outbreak case having a proper hygiene and be aware of any surfaces you're in contact with always even though uh it is not um, 
like a hundred percent effective measure. Um, anti uh, antibacterials um, are uh, a good way of uh, keeping your hands clean, but also constantly washing um, your hands with hand soap and um, avoid touching your mouth and nose. Uh, and those will be my advices for people to remain healthy and also try to like spread awareness um, of these good habits to the people they know in order to like have um, a community with uh, a good immune system. Right. That's great advice. Um, so in general, just to sum things up, um, listeners should try not to get too worried about the virus, but definitely make sure they're washing their hands, um, practicing good hygiene, and perhaps um, using a face mask if they feel like it, and going to the doctor when they have any symptoms. Right. Um, as I mentioned, uh, CDC has declared um, this is not a serious threat so far for the United States. Uh, there are five cases confirmed. Um, mortality rate, uh, as it is for now, it's 3%. Um, we must not, however, we must not ignore that this new uh, pathogen is rapidly spreading. However, in case uh, you become infected, the the probability of experiencing um, severe or lethal symptoms are very small uh, if you have a robust uh, immune system. And also, if you experience any flu uh, or cold-like symptoms, contact um, uh, medical or yeah healthcare provider um, to get diagnosed and uh, if you um, if you happen to have the coronavirus or be infected um, the suggestions of the CDC are to um, stay at home uh, unless it's to receive medical care and also like follow any kind of like uh, guidelines that your uh, healthcare provider uh, gives you Listeners, that's the end of our pre-recorded show. And now live in the studio, I have an update from Alvaro. He has found out that the cases show no symptoms um, because cases that show no symptoms because the virus is in the incubation period can actually transmit the disease as suspected. And there are currently 73 pending cases suspected of having the virus in the U.S. However, considering 32 have gotten a negative result, it's likely that very a very small proportion of these are actually carriers. Uh, he states that, quote, My current opinion is that we should be cautious while we are in public and closed spaces, but should not be heavily alarmed as the CDC is rigorously working to contain the spread of this pathogen. Again, that was Alvaro Ceballos, a public health grad student on the coronavirus. I'm Sibel Kaler, and this is Office Hours on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, signing off. Listeners, stay healthy, have a great day, and be kind to each other out there.